Nicole, welcome to Real Talk with Star Scorpio. How are you doing today? I am doing so well. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming out today. Um, you're from what I call a hit hit series on Netflix called Marriage or Mortgage. I'll take it. I like yeah. that title, a hit take series. It, take it. And you're one half. <laughs> I have to shout out your counterpart, so Sarah Miller. Right. As well, right? So yeah. Paul Holmes and Sarah Miller. But before we get into that, because I like to ask a lot of questions about um, marriage or mortgage. Yeah. But I like to build a timeline. So I want to learn about my guest as well. Okay. So first, Nicole, where were you born and raised? I am originally from Illinois. So born and raised in Marion, Illinois, and went to college not far, just down the road from my hometown. Mm -hmm. um, got a communications degree and then quickly moved to Nashville, Tennessee after my college graduation, I, about six months after my first job was local at a radio station. I sold airtime and then would help produce the ads that I was selling. So that was fun. But my degree is in radio and TV, and um, I love being an on-air host and talent and so much fun. And I also love real estate. So marriage and mortgage was a perfect, uh, perfect combining perfect, of the two. Perfect fit. Okay. Yeah. So even going back before that, because I like to understand your experience. When and I, and I know, you know, I don't like age people, but, you know, <laughs> if you think about high school and then college or university, so you already told me what you you took, but... um. What was what was your path? What did you want to do? Did you fall into the the path, the career choice that you always wanted, or did you have something in mind differently when you were um, younger? I did have something else different in mind. So I started off my college career as an elementary education major. I was going to be a school teacher. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, okay, and okay. then um, I had the privilege of winning a beauty pageant. Um, I won the Miss Illinois USA pageant. Mm -hmm. and competed at the Miss USA pageant in 1995, yes. so long ago, mm -hmm. and um, got top three in most photogenic. So that actually changed the trajectory. When I entered back into college, I changed my major mm -hmm. into radio and television. So it was all of the media that I was able to do as Miss Illinois USA mm -hmm. that um, I was hooked. Like I loved all the TV interviews. I loved all the radio interviews and just getting out there and meeting people. So that's when I changed my major to communications okay. um, after that. Okay. Yeah. And okay. And now I was going to ask you about uh, Miss USA. So you represented yeah. Miss Illinois. I was going to yeah. ask about how was your experience? How did you even get into audition for it and then get selected for that? Right. So there's all kinds of crazy names, small local pageants that you do growing up and, or, or you have the ability to do if you want in small towns. Um, I was Miss Big Lakes, which everyone thought I was saying big legs. <laughs> yeah. Not the case. Um, I was Miss Heron Festa Italiana. Not Italian, but I was the their first winner that they had. Um, let's see. What else? There was, um, oh my gosh, Miss Mid-South, all kinds of others. I had a niece who was once crowned Miss Sweet Corn and Watermelon. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you get the picture. Yes, so yes. it was just a natural progression. Once I had done a few local pageants, mm -hmm. I really liked the competitiveness of it. I um, was active in sports. Believe it or not, I was kind of a tomboy growing up. Oh. And yep. So in school, in high school, I was on the dance team and on cross country and track and things like that. Softball, played softball every summer from oh. kindergarten to my senior year in high school. Um, 
So things like that, just the competitive competitiveness started kicking in. And once I learned about a state pageant, um, mm-hmm. I was all in. I was like, sign me up. What do I need to do? Yeah. So amazing. Yeah, and I won on my first try. So that was great. Yeah. It's USA after one shot at Miss Illinois. I see. I seen. I seen the photo. Beautiful photo. Okay. Um, who hosted at the time? Who was? So the Miss USA pageant was hosted by Bob Goen from mm-hmm. Entertainment Tonight. Yes. Was on Entertainment Tonight mm-hmm. and Daisy Fuentes, who that- had multiple um, hosting gigs at that time. I think she was currently on uh, MTV at the time, hosting yeah. a show there, and had a clothing line out. I remember she had on these Chanel combat boots. I have never forgotten. I never knew Chanel made combat boots until yeah. I saw her come to <laughs> rehearsals with a pair of Chanel combat boots on. I was like mesmerized. Wow. <laughs> so were you nervous though? So I, I still want to touch on this. Were you nervous at the time? Like, cause it was you know, televised and everything. So I just yeah. felt like it was, I just felt so solid in my path and that I was meant to be there and supposed to be there that, and my competitive drive was so strong that yeah. I wasn't a nervous, not until I think probably once I made the top three Okay. and you're standing there with the two others who are, one of you is going to be crowned Miss USA oh and they ask God. some questions on stage that got a little nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but, um, and it was still when they had the soundproof booth. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> they do pageants anymore. <laughs> they just put either earphones on you or you all hear the question depending yeah. on the pageant system. Um, but I mean, it just, it, you know, once I set my mind to something, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. You're and I, there's not it. a lot of nerves involved um, if I'm going about it the right way. So, I, I, but I do try, try to listen to my intuition and things like that, that if something is amiss, if I am feeling nervous, I've got, I look inside, I'm like, well, okay, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. What am I not comfortable with? Mm-hmm. But let's like suss this out and uh, get relaxed about it. Wait. So I like that you're touching on that. So is that innate in you? Because some people really have anxiety in it. Like I have a lot of anxiety. Sure. Um, oh, don't I get me wrong. I have anxiety too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's something that I was born with. Um, mm-hmm. I think everybody has the ability to look inside and, and tap and, into and, it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of center themselves, how, whatever that looks like to them. You know, yeah. uh, some people it's crystals and salt baths and things like that. Other people it's praying. Other people it's just meditation. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, just listen to yourself, listen to your body and, and you know, what's going on up yeah. here and in here. Yeah. So. Your heart, your mind. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. But so let me know how tall you are with, and without heels. And I know the different size heels. <laughs> hey, all right. Um, I'm five feet seven, flat footed. Flat footed. Okay. So then if I wear four inch heels, you know, I'm, you know, five eleven ish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Now, marriage or mortgage? Marriage or mortgage. Yeah. Okay. So I got to tell you something. So I, I, we stopped watching Netflix for a while. Like in, when everything opened up again, you know, next, yeah. when, you know, COVID. So right. 2020, we were binge watching things and then everything opened up. So we started going out a lot. But my daughter, who's 24, uh-huh. she said, um, oh, you got to watch, um, what's it called again? Love is Blind and um, The Ultimatum. So my wife and I just binge watch it just for fun. Sure. And then we're scrolling through and I see marriage or mortgage. And I'm like, let's give it a chance. <laughs> so from episode one, I was hooked. Yay. So I really love the show. Good. And well, I'm going to let you explain, so but, but basically 10 episodes and uh, couples have a certain amount of money to invest in either a mortgage 
or yeah. or uh, wasted on a, uh, wasted on a wedding. <laughs> wasted on a wedding. <laughs> now, what I want you to do is um, continue to explain for my viewers or yeah. listeners uh, what else is involved in the show. Well, um, you pretty you nailed it pretty succinctly. So every couple, um, they don't have enough money to do both. Like they either have a lump sum of money, and sometimes it ranges from twenty thousand dollars to forty or fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And um, it's my job to convince them to invest it in real estate. Yes. And, and you know, nothing wrong with having a wedding and getting married, but you can do that on a small budget. You can do it in the backyard of your new house or whatever. Right. But it was my job to try to convince them to put the money towards something that they could make them more money. Okay. Now my counterpart, Sarah Miller, she's a wedding planner and uh, she tried to get them to, she showed them, she would show them like what, how far she could make that money stretch right. for a wedding budget and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the reception and things like that. So she would show them these elaborate flower arrangements and you know she got them she would liquor them up which i think is very unfair <laughs> i can't really do that when i'm showing houses yeah but she could do that and it was part of her gig right part of her thing so you show them you know what the bar can do and the specialty drinks and all the fun things right. um but it was it's a really fun premise we didn't come up with it the production oh. company came up came to found us wait so that's let me ask the question because this is what I want to know because you're already yeah. getting into it. I like that. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say, how did the show's concept get developed? And then I thought you might have pitched it or uh, Sarah might have pitched it or was co-pitched or whatever. But yeah, there, no, there was creators then. Right. There was a creator of it. It was her idea. And um, she pitched it to a production company and they loved the idea. And then they, the production company started looking for people who could host this. They chose Nashville because you know, it's been the it city for a decade now, and it just keeps yeah. getting more popular. Yeah. And um, so they chose the city, then they were set out looking for a real estate agent and a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. And eventually they came to us. And once they put Sarah and I together, we did a, a Zoom meeting like this with yeah. the production company. Mm -hmm. They videotaped it and then spliced together like a sizzle reel of like our funniest bits that we were, we fed off each other really well. Yeah. Um, I knew of Sarah, but I didn't, I wasn't like close to her. We'd never had a phone conversation. Come to find out we had been at the same birthday parties and baby showers. Oh, and she wow. lived, uh, she was a neighbor of one of my good friends. Yeah. Um, she was currently um, planning my very best friend's wedding. I didn't even know. I knew that my best friend had a wedding planner and we had just been to New York and picked out her wedding gown. Yeah. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Sarah was behind the scenes mm -hmm. planning her wedding for her. So we just clicked immediately and the produ production company loved what they saw. They pitched it to Netflix. Netflix bought it just off the sizzle reel alone. Mm -hmm. They didn't even normally, I, I've learned, I didn't know at the time, but I've learned that it's very um, that's not normally how it goes down. Yeah. They normally want to see a couple of episodes first right. and, you know, but they just pitched it. They just bought it off of Sarah and I sitting there, you know, playing off of each other. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of fun. We loved every second of it. And yeah. uh, we're fast friends, of course. So we're really good friends now. And we see each other as often as we can. But mm. she's just coming off of wedding season. And I'm pretty sure she's out of the country right now on vacation. I've been looking at her Instagram. Yeah. She's with uh, her family celebrating the end of wedding season. She's been okay. covered up. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I, now I have a lot of questions about it. And okay. Here we go. So the first thing I want to know is... um. 
you hear the story. So the couples are sitting down with you and I'm just talking about it from a viewer's perspective. I'm sure there's a lot of behind the scene things I don't see, sure. but I'm talking about what I'm seeing. So the, the couple tells you the story and by hearing um, what they're saying in their stage of life, are you inclined in your head? Are you thinking, ah, they should go for the marriage or do you think, no, 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 this is a, this is a mortgage couple. This is a mortgage couple. I think all of them should have chosen mortgage. <laughs> you're going to say that. You're going to say that. I, I can see there were a few where I totally get where they're coming from. Um, specifically the, um, the lesbian couple, the young lesbian couple who, right. you know, they hadn't, uh, one of them hadn't been out very long. And so this was like a really a big deal for her as it should be, as it would be for anyone. Right. Um, but that one, I kind of had a hunch they were going to choose wedding. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they just wanted to show people what was possible, especially, especially being in the South and all yeah. of that. So I get that. Yeah. Um, but everybody, I mean, I still would have loved for them to have chosen house. Uh, yeah. They would have had so much equity in that home. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to do a follow-up show. Uh, okay. and to talk to everybody who chose yes. a house or to chose a wedding. Yes. And says, Here's how much equity you would have had in the home that I found for you. <laughs> now, how do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Because okay. the real uh, estate market's been going crazy. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to even say that later on. Um, I just want to touch on some questions about the show, but sure. I don't know if you know, like prices in even in Canada where I am, because in Toronto. I'm not familiar. Oh, Okay. So I'll just ask you a question about that later. Okay. But um, yeah, the real estate market was booming for a long time. Yeah. And it's even to let you, yeah, even to let you know, we bought our house. I'm 48, and we bought you our too. house. Oh, oh, same age. Yeah. Oh, 1973. Oh, March of 74. Oh, so I'm older than you. Okay. Um, but we bought our house for like 189 thousand, and uh -huh. now. It's over a million, probably. You know what I mean? Amazing. So yeah, Congrats. So it's, it's, it's I mean, crazy. And that uh, that sounds great, and it is. But mm. if you sell high, you got to buy high. Yeah, you got to so buy. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's still great that you've got that much equity into it. Yeah, true. Okay, so now when you take the couples out to see properties, uh -huh. uh, how hard is it? How hard is it to find uh, something in their budget and also? meet their wish list because right. you know you hear people about we want the big backyard we want the game room we yes. want the helicopter landing pad on the roof yes. <laughs> so give me some insight on that right um you know whether you're being filmed on camera for it or just doing it in my everyday job it's always um it's always a game of hide and seek i like to say because you know you've got to find just the right you I ask for their dream list mm -hmm. and then it boils down to, okay, what's most important because, you know, you've got this champagne taste on a beer budget kind of thing. Right, right, right. So we've got to figure <laughs> this out. So um, it's just boiling down, getting to know them. Sometimes you see a lot of houses and you figure out more what they don't want in a house than what they do want. Yes. So... You know, a lot of times couples or individuals will just apologize. I'm so sorry that we didn't find it today. I'm like, look, this is my job. This is what I do. I mean, I go around and we try to figure this out. It's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, right? right? You like this from this house. You like that from that house. You like the area code of this one. I mean, it just, you know, it just mm -hmm. depends. It's just, it's a, it's a game to me. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I like it. I like trying to figure out, um, 
okay, what, where is this person going to land? I, here's what I think immediately from initially meeting them like, oh, okay, they're going to like Spring Hill. They're going to like Franklin. They want to be close to downtown. They're going to love East Nashville. Yeah. And then to figure out where we actually end up. And I would say about 90% of the time, I kind of hit it the nail on the head with where we're going to end up. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's just all part of the fun, part of the games that you get to play and figure it out. And sometimes you have clients that tell you one thing and they end up totally off in left field. Like that's so not what they were looking for. Wow, you know, yeah. they want a cute little ranch house and they end up finding a tall skinny that they fall in love with, but very mm. contemporary. And we're like, that is so not what you came in telling me that you yeah. wanted. But that's okay. That's part of it. Whatever makes them happy, you know? Yeah. Cause sometimes when it. you, when you see a property, you fall in love with it. Just like how we fell in love with our house. As soon as we walked in the front door yes, and we exactly. weren't even thinking like, oh, this location or anything like that. And then in, in your mind, you have this different picture of what you wanted. Right. But, but you're right. But now even on that, let me know, because as a viewer, when I'm watching, we can see when someone's not fond of a house, maybe oh, sure. because their diary and they're talking about it, or you can see their faces yeah. But can you get a good sense when you're touring them from room to room that, okay, this is not. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's always funny to, um, to see the personalities of your clients come out too, because some people will just nod and act like they love everything and yeah. you know that they can't possibly be liking everything. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that are harder to read. It's like, come on, be real. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't own these houses. Like, just tell me what you do and don't like about the house. Um, and then you've got the ones that walk in and they're like, nope, this one's not it. Turn yeah. around. Or we just drive by and they're like, nope. And that's fine too. You know, that's mm -hmm. a lot saves a lot of time on both of our ends. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just always so fun to figure out the personalities and to work with everybody that's um, that make up, you know, this crazy world that we're in. Everyone's got a different personality and that's part of the fun. Yeah, I like that. You have a good spirit on the show too. Well, Aw, thank you. And that's why I reached out to you. But now going back to what you're saying about, you know, the market's booming right now and everything. Mm -hmm. um, how are uh, house prices currently in Nashville? Because... When I hear some of the listings, I try and do the conversion to Canadian dollars because right. you can hear three, four hundred thousand in American, but you're that's like six, seven, eight in Canadian, probably. Okay. Know. But in Toronto, because the location, a lot of houses that wouldn't sell for a million dollars back in the day, the three is three, four to five, six hundred thousand. Now they're over a million. Wow. So people start going on the outskirts, either right. north, south, east. But now those house prices are they're at big, big amounts, like the seven, yeah. 800,000. So how is it in Nashville um, right now? It's the same thing. It's the same as you're describing. Um, the perimeters of Nashville keep mm. expanding because the more, the more affordable houses are going to be the ones further away from the city, right. um, depending on which direction, depending on which county that you're in mm -hmm. um, and how good the school systems have a lot to do with it as well here oh, in the yeah. States. Mm -hmm. um, but to your point, yes, things that were um, $400,000 a few years ago are double that now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's getting, it's depressing for first time home buyers. You know, especially um, who and interest rates are going up right now. Yep. So what I'm seeing with housing prices in Nashville, um, they're certainly not going to slip backwards. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't feel I think that they, they may level off a little bit. I'm seeing them 
not be as outrageous as they were a year ago. And okay. the percentage of them of of them going up has slowed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And houses are sitting on the market a teensy bit longer. So two, three months ago, a house that was depending on the price range, it does. But uh if, if a house was four or five hundred thousand mm-hmm. um in Nashville two or three months ago, I mean, it's going to get bought up like that. People, multiple offers, sight unseen, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of cash buyers. So yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a lot of uh, people coming from New York, coming from Illinois, coming from LA, you know, California moving in. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like a secret little bridge from, we like to say from New York and California coming in (laughs) because not only is Nashville growing, you know, business-wise with all types of technology and healthcare and, of course, the music industry, yes. but, you know, there's the taxes are different and you can get so much more bang for your buck here than you can in New York State or from California. So that's where a lot of, you know, people from California are seeing a million-dollar house. Mm-hmm. That's a two-bed, one-bath, you know, in L.A. Yeah. And a million dollar house here is going to get you five bedrooms yes, so, yes. and a little bit of a yard. So um, it's just, it's all perspective and where yeah. you're coming from, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yes, a lot of people are having to go out further and further and further, further away from the city. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that growth in those areas as well. Yeah. So. Do you have a, you know, we have a lot of condos here in Toronto, like yeah. condo city. Right. But um, we have a lot of overseas investors and they rent sure. out the condos or even the house. Do you have that there too? In- Absolutely. Uh, yes. yeah. yeah, we've had a big condo boom in the last couple of years, uh, specifically in like the downtown corridor. Right. So um, that's going big. We've got a lot of luxury hotels coming in now. We've got um, a uh, Four Seasons uh, being built. It's almost... Uh, almost open, not quite open yet, but they've sold most of the, so not only are they a hotel, but they've got some homes as well that they sell. Yeah. Sold those through. Um, Let's see what else we've got. uh, I hear a Ritz is coming and Mm -hmm. just super high-end boutique as well as big scale hotels and condos and you name it. I mean, everything, the crane, they say like the construction crane is now the the state bird. (laughs) You see the skies everywhere around the city. Yeah, the Toronto skyline. When I'm on one of the highways called the Gardner Express, Uh all you see is cranes everywhere downtown. Right. But but Nicole, going back to like bidding now, because I just want to get your insight on this too. Because I did um, interview my friend Jason, who's a real estate agent here in Toronto. But bidding wars, like it was getting crazy. Two questions I want to ask you. But first, sometimes people say. Bid high. So if someone was selling their house for say seven hundred thousand, you have to put it up. Say put. I don't know. You, you let me know. Like, do you say? Am eight, I representing the buyer or the seller? If I'm bringing as a, as a buyer. Okay. If I've got the buyer and I'm and it's listed at seven hundred. Yes. Um, I have to talk to my clients and find mm-hmm. out how badly they want it. If they want it badly enough to put an offer in on it, they must want it pretty badly. Okay. Then I will go to the listing agent and see how many people are interested, okay. which may or may not be true. They may give me a real number. They may not give me a real number. Okay. Um, but if they do, uh, they will also have the opportunity to back it up with showing us the other, not the prices, but they have to prove that 
there are other offers on the table. Okay. Okay. So okay. They, the price will be blacked out, all the things, but just mm-hmm. yes, I do actually have other offers on there. So, um, so they are not intentionally jacking up the price. Right. Um, and then what has been winning lately, if it's not an all cash, the beauty of all cash is that you can close quicker mm-hmm. and there are less closing costs yes. in that. So that's very, um, appealing to a seller if they want to close fast. Some sellers, it doesn't matter if it's cash or not. Others, it matters. Yes. Got to find out if that's play going into play. Um, I'll find out um, just how many others, if mm-hmm. I can, if the listing agent will tell me they don't have to, mm-hmm. but if they do, if they're kind enough that they do, then uh, what's been winning bids is almost 30% over list. Wow. If you start a bidding war, it's 30% over. So you just try to make your contract as attractive as possible. Uh, fewer contingencies, mm-hmm. um, better terms, like whatever that means to the seller. So whatever's important, if the seller wants out in two weeks, you better have cash because otherwise you're not going to get a conventional loan and it close in two weeks. There's just no way that paperwork can be done fast enough. So it's all those little things like that, that play a part. And Mm -hmm. that's why right now, um, everyone wants to be a real estate agent. I know. (laughs) So easy and so fun. (laughs) Well, it's a compliment to me. Anytime I have had a client and they go Mm -hmm. and get the real estate license. Yeah. And then I don't see them in the real estate market in a couple of years. It's like, oh yeah, they, they thought it looked, I made it look easy and fun, which yay, good for me. I, you know, I must be doing my job correctly, yeah. but it is always funny to see uh, people jump in and then think, oh yeah, this is a little tougher than I realized. Yeah. Because finding the house is fun. That's the fun part. Uh, of course. Yeah. All the things that can go wrong between mm-hmm. getting the contract and closing day yeah. that, you know, takes the experience and, and knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, has there, how many houses have you shown to one individual or a couple? Because I remember a story, Jason, my friend told me, uh-huh. and he gets personable with, with, um, his clients. It, yeah, yeah. You, you have to, yeah. but he realized after like over 10, 10 showings of, of property or whatever, um, he realized that she had some personal issues because he actually talks to his clients and gets to understand them. And then she was saying no every time, no, had a reason why. And then it ended up to be a lot of of, um, viewings. So do you have a number, a high number that you've taken? Oh, yes. I mean, there have been people that I've worked with for over a year before they found their house. So you're seeing 30, 40, 50 properties over the span of a year. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's others I've shown three pop- properties to, and they know the minute they walk in and it's great. So mm-hmm. you just never know what you're going to get, which is one of the reasons why I like my job so much is mm-hmm. because if I had to go to work and sit at a desk all day, yes, this is, that's not me. <laughs> that's and not it's you. So not my personality. <laughs> I could not do it. No. Nope. Okay. Now. Okay. So going back to the show now, you show the properties um, Sarah shows the wedding venues and the different things that go along with the wedding uh-huh. and you sit down and you're, you're going over the, the choices and what they viewed. Do you have a sense? I, I believe the couples might know going in what they want to choose. Right. However, you throw in some bonuses, yes. <laughs> Sarah throws some bonuses and she says, oh, you remember that wedding dress you see for 20000 I'm going to give it to you for 5000 <laughs> And you may see something. You remember that game room? It's all yours. And yeah. you bring down the cost or something like that. Right. 
But what is your sense when you see that couple? Do they get changed by the the extra yeah. incentives? Yeah, I think a few of them actually did. I really do. I think okay. that they had their mindset on one way. And then once we come in and kind of do our highest and best offers. Yeah, the end, best offers, yeah. Yeah, that um, it, it may throw a monkey wrench in what they were thinking and then them switch. Yeah, so yeah. it's part of it. And, you know, to be fair and to be honest, like you don't normally get to do that. I'm not fighting with an everyday couple for them to choose something or another. So I don't have to do all of those, you know, extemporaneous things. It was just them trying to, I'm trying to win that. So I'm trying trying to to get in there. (laughs) Yeah. Do all I can to to win it. But she came out the, spoiler alert, she came out the victor. She had more weddings than I did houses that sold, but that's all right. Yeah. Wait a minute. So is season two, I heard there's going to be a season two. Is it filming we now? I have or? not heard about a season two, which oh. I'm thinking that is probably not a good thing. We, by now, I mean, it's been out a little over a year at this mm. point. Um, so I think we would have heard by now. Okay. Also, with the housing market the way it is, yeah. I mean, we are really low in inventory here in Nashville. Okay. And, um, you know, what they could have gotten for two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 in mm. 19 when we actually filmed we filmed all that in the end of uh, 2019. Um, right. I mean, the housing prices, you know, they're double what they were then. Yeah. So it really wouldn't be much to look at it as way of uh, real estate is concerned. There just wouldn't be any pretty houses and, you know, oh. no real estate porn, as I like to call. I would, I mean, I'd love to do a show yeah. where I, sh- you know, go into like million dollar houses. I think people love to envision what it would be like you know their dream house and and to see how the other half lives so to speak yeah so i think that would be a really fun show to do something like that but oh, so you'll yeah, never know where i'll pop up i've I, got ideas <laughs> yes i have to see you back i have to see you back for some reason that. i guess the internet says something sometimes because i thought there was going to be a season two i was looking forward to it but um I, yeah. we haven't heard yet we would love to do it we both yeah. would be on board but yeah. um it would be it would be tough production wise right now with the limited inventory and just of course. yeah logistically so of course yeah mm-hmm. so my my sister-in-law emily she loved the show and it's oh, so good. funny when i posted the teaser that you're going to be on a lot of friends and family members just oh you're having Nicole on the show? And I was like, yeah, Nikki? Yeah, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. We go way back. People from my childhood call me Nikki. So that's really cute. <laughs> you just threw that in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they're excited. And she had a question. Um, did anyone change their mind after the show? Um, I mean, not that we're aware of. Oh, okay. You know, everybody went ahead and went through with their weddings or went through with the purchase of the home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one couple who purchased a house is no longer together, oh. um, but he still got the house. He kept the house and she, she moved uh, back home, back East where she was from. Yeah. Um, that was Eli and Sarah. They were a sweet, sweet couple. And I'm still in touch with Sarah quite a bit. I haven't seen him around lately, but I, I stay in touch with Sarah. Yeah. Um, let's see. No, I mean, everybody, I think one, one couple did put off their wedding for quite a while, but they eventually did mm-hmm. go ahead and get married. Yeah. Um, but that had a lot to do with COVID and all oh, of that yeah. nonsense that went on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank I, goodness. I, wait, so you know what? This is exciting talking to you, but I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. That's but okay. I, I want to make sure I don't lose this though. Okay. My friend also, Jason, he said when COVID hit, that was his best time in real estate 
Was that the same for you? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So you had your essential workers and we were real estate agents were still considered essential workers. Right. Yeah. So it looked very different showing a house. Um, You would normally you go in, you unlock the door, you turn on all the lights, you know, you just go through open doors, everything. This was very different. There's, you know, wipes everywhere. There's take your shoes off, do all the things, wear a mask, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But you'd walk into a house and all the lights would already be on. Drawers and doors would already be open. So you had to touch as few things as possible. I mean, it was, yeah, it was really like a different, a whole different uh, landscape than what it used to be like. Um, We've now we've gotten back to more normalized, you know, since everybody's doing better. Right. um, Yeah. So it was, yeah, I still sold a lot of, a lot during that time. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay. So back to the show now, Um, I was going to say, you know what, you know what episode I like the best? Which is when it, the choice was mortgage, but it was a plot of land. Oh yeah. Yes. That was my favorite show because oh, it, it actually showed the house after yes. like a follow-up. And I was like, Oh, this fun? is amazing. This I is know. amazing. She was really hard. I couldn't please her. I couldn't find anything that she liked. Yes. And so, I mean, honestly, that was the only way to go was for her to build her own. Mm-hmm. So, and it worked out great. She is so happy in that house. Oh my gosh. They love that house. And so I'm happy for them. It's great. And it worked yeah. out really well. So in, in your, what's your most memorable show or couple that you can talk about? Oh gosh. I really um, pulled your heartstrings or something. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, the firefighter and that she was the, she was a cheerleader, a hockey cheerleader. And he proposed at the, on, on the hockey on the ice mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's a firefighter and uh, Nick and Denise. Okay. Um, yeah. They have since, so they purchased a house on the show. I have been able to since sell that house and buy the next house for them. So mm-hmm. they're already on their second house. Um, and they wow. also referred, <clears throat> excuse me. They also referred me to her mother. And so I sold her mother's house yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been great. That's, that's what's so fun is when you become friends with people and you, I mean, it, you can't shop for houses with someone and yeah. generally not become friends with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty rare yeah. that I don't stay in contact with someone mm-hmm. that I've sold them a house because it's, you just get to know them and kind of fall in love with them as a couple or as an individual or, who, you know, whatever, you just get to know them really well. So they, they become friends. Yes. Nice. Nice to hear. Yeah. So I, I want to know if you have advice for people though. Um, you know, first time home buyers, right? Right. Should you love, uh, so, sorry, should you, yeah. Should you love what you're buying or sometimes settle? Because some people are in situations where they have to get out of their living situation. Right. They have a baby on the way or right. something else could be going on. But what do you think? What's your advice? Um, I think they should not look at it like it's going to be their forever home. Okay. Um, it'll be their first home always, but it won't be their forever home always. So if it is, it ends to a means, uh, then I'd say, go ahead and do it. I mean, real estate, there's never a bad time to to buy real estate because you never know what's going to happen in the coming months. So, um, 
yeah, it's just, I've got to manage expectations and there's no perfect house. It doesn't exist. Even if you build one, you think you want it one way and you live in it for a month and you're like, Oh, should have done this different. This is yeah. yeah. So uh, there's no perfect house. It's my job to let the couples know, or the individual know that mm-hmm. um, if it's their very first house, it's fun to guide them and, and show them, you know, what can be changed or what can't be changed and mm-hmm. what's going to cost maybe a lot of money to switch out or what's an easy fix. Yes. So, um, no, I would encourage them to go ahead and, and make the jump and buy, even if you aren't like a hundred percent in love with it, cause it's yeah, not yeah. forever. And the way the market is right now, you know, at least it's an investment for your money. You're going to make that money grow. So if you don't love it in a couple of years, sell it, you shouldn't yeah. have any trouble. Call me again. I'll sell it. I'll be happy to sell <laughs> this one and find you the next one. So, so true. So true. Yeah. But a lot of times you don't really have, they don't have that the luxury just because it has to fit within a budget. Right. So right. You know, it's not going to be everybody. Their first house is rarely the dream house. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> all right. It's all yeah. right. <laughs> okay, Nicole, what I do now um, at this point in the interview, I have two cards in my hand. Okay. And you're going to pick one. And I'm going to read out. You answer it. Okay. So you let me know the right hand or the left hand. Okay. I'm going to go with the left hand. You know, all my guests go left. Let me see. Really? If this, and it's the same one. I didn't mix it up. Okay. A lot of my guests go left though. Okay. Ready? Yes. What is one of the most memorable moments of your life? Whoa. Um, I, I think I have to say when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was something that I was, uh, that me and her dad desperately wanted and we were trying and, um, I was on fertility drugs and thank goodness from the grace of God, it, First time, first month that we tried, we got pregnant. So, yeah. yeah. So did, because I read something. Do you want to get into it too? I don't do mind. You have cha- I... Do you have challenges? Because um, I get all teary when I talk about this, but, oh. you know, our, our daughter is a miracle. <clears throat> Hold on. Our daughter is a miracle baby, right? Yeah. Um, And she was, she was a premature child as well yeah mine too. <clears throat> and then my wife after my daughter was born she had two ectopic pregnancies <sighs> yeah and then we couldn't have any more kids and then you know people always ask you oh are you gonna give her a sibling and stuff and you don't want to get into it uh, a lot but I, I i thought i read something so do you want to just touch yeah. on that sure absolutely yeah i had fertility issues so i was married um uh i was married once before uh, Aria's father. And we had a miscarriage in that marriage. And, um, and then, you know, in a year or two got divorced. So, mm-hmm. but the reason I had, I, I did have some weird, um, my uterus is shaped funny. Uh, we found out I had only one working ovary. Mm-hmm. So there was certainly challenges. Um, I did have a surgery to create, to, to help um, <clears throat> they said I had a septum, like in the middle of your uterus. I don't know. How, I don't know how medical you want to get here, but, yeah. um, if your uterus is shaped like a little hot air balloon, then right. I had basically like a line down the center of it. So wow. kind of okay. two different sides, okay. um, had a surgery to remove that, but then got a divorce and we weren't pursuing, I wasn't trying to get pregnant then. Mm. And I was, uh, 36 at that point. And so yeah. just came to the peace of mind that, okay, I may not have my own biological children because I found that I thought that it would probably be very unlikely mm-hmm. that I would find someone, fall in love with them, marry them, 
you know, have a baby within my time limit before my time, before my eggs all dry up and blow away. So, um, (laughs) so I had come to peace with, there's more than one way to have a family. And I, given that my age, I figured I would meet someone that had children that would have been fine with me. If I never met someone, I could always adopt on my own, whatever. I just was okay with that. And then I met um, Aria's dad and uh, he is five years younger than me, but kids were super important to him. And I was 40 when we met. Mm -hmm. So it's clock's ticking. Yes. Um, So when he mentioned early on that kids were very important to him, I said, well, I mean, here's the issue that I had in the past. Don't know what it's like now. I mean, so we immediately went to the doctor and um, she was like, yeah, you know, we'll put you on if you want to try this, given your history, we'll put you on Clomid, um, which makes a woman produce more eggs and okay. there's a greater chance of getting pregnant. And so that's what happened. Um, and sure enough, first month we took a vacation, uh, went to the Bahamas, took my Clomid, came home pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, didn't realize it, but we, we felt pretty <coughs> confident that we were successful in our attempts. <laughs> Amazing. So, so um, as it turns out, uh, that whatever was going on, that thing in my uterus, it had either grown back or they didn't get it all. The fetus didn't have enough room to grow much bigger than, than she was at the six month mark. So um, the sonogram showed that, you know, she could be in distress and things like that. So they put me on bed rest and um, I had her at 32 weeks, like full two months early. Um, I was in the hospital for two weeks on bed rest and then just my water broke in the middle of the night. And so they did an emergency C-section and she is very healthy. I mean, she's had a few minor setbacks, but for the most part, she's great. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's so great. Um, She had some developmental delays uh, as far as um, muscle tone and crawling and walking and things like that. Mm -hmm. But as far as mentally, everything seems to be going great. And so we're just incredibly blessed. So she's my little miracle. You're talking about your daughter being your miracle. She's my little miracle too. So I get it. She was in you for a couple of weeks. um, But she she was four pounds, 11 ounces. How big was was your little one when she was born? I think it was two, three. Wow. Yeah. Incubator. Yep. So tiny. Emergency C-section two months yeah. early. Supposed to be born in June. On my wife's birth- birthday, actually, June 6th. Oh, wow. But April 14th. And you know you know what's nice about it? My, my mother was a nurse at Women's College Hospital here in Toronto. Okay. So we had the best care. Yes. She was retired at the time. Um, but um, when my wife had to get down because i think believe she was toxic like went to a doctor's appointment she came down crying i was in the car waiting Aww. came down crying I'm, I'm like what's going on we have to go to the hospital so we went and then they were saying yeah it something's gonna happen if we don't deliver so yeah it was emergency c-section and um very good care. I love to give a shout out to all the the frontline workers, hospital right. staff. Oh my goodness, the yeah. people in the NICU were incredible. Yes, I look back on it now, and I'm like, why wasn't I terrified? Why was I so confident that she was going to be fine? And I yeah. think it's because they took such good care of me yeah. that they they told me what to expect. Um, because I was 
in the hospital for the two weeks prior to her delivery, mm-hmm. they had, you know, wheeled me up to the NICU just to see the sights and sounds and say, this is what's going to happen. And so that I felt like I was completely prepared yes. when the time came and, and they had to take her cesarean. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, shout out to everybody who does shout anything. Out, like yes. that. Healthcare workers, holy cow. Yeah. But it's crazy how tiny they are too. So she was around three big. ounces. And then we had to wait. She think about it until she gained weight to five pounds. Yeah. And even still at five pounds when we took her home, she was so tiny. So tiny. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I've kept some of the little sleepers. They're, I mean, they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my daughter will put them on her dolls now. And like, that's just unbelievable to me that you were just this big. You were so tiny. I know. <laughs> but amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Um, one thing I also ask my guests, because um, I like to hear words of inspiration for myself and also for others if they listen. Um, do you have any words of in- inspiration for someone that's ready to give up on their dreams? or their aspirations or their profession. You know, some people are on that brink and they want to just throw in the towel. And some of my guests have said some profound things. Do you have any advice for anyone? Gosh, no pressure. I I, I hope a profound something falls out of my mouth. Um, I have always gone by the guidelines, do the best you can where you are with what you have. Also, I love... um, my Angelou's when you know better, you do better. So, I mean, you kind of combine those two things. As you go through life, you learn more things. Um, you do the best you've got with what you're given and don't give up. I mean, how many inspirational stories have we heard of people that said, I, you know, I was about to throw in the towel. I was about to stop chasing my dream. And then the next week they got their big break and for whatever, whatever, it was, whether it was a medical breakthrough, whether it was a acting job or something like that, that put them on the map. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Don't quit. Stay, you know, I always like the pros and cons. I like to do that when I'm, if I'm in a quandary about something, I'll write down my pros and cons list. And, um, I mean, it's your dream for a reason, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the universe put it in your head for a reason, like just listen to that. Yeah. Listen to that and let that kind of guide you and steer you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay. Now, I also, what I do is donate to a charity uh, after each episode. How amazing. Yes. And what I used to do, though, I used to have balloons for the first three seasons. Uh-huh. I had three balloons with a charity of my choice. Okay. Something that impacted me because I had, you know, we all have people who pass away of um, cancer. But um, ALS, my first season, <clears throat> I had a good friend pass of ALS, and that is a horrible disease condition. Um, so what I did is have them choose which one I want to pop, and I would donate to that charity. That's For so season cool. four, you're my fourth guest. Now I'm saying, okay, is there something you want me to donate to, Aww. whether it be a charity, a GoFundMe? anything like that? So that's incredible that you do that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing that. Um. I am specifically fond of the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, My mother is currently struggling with that. And my dad is her caregiver. And boy, the lessons I have learned just watching him go through that and her go through that, obviously, in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is um, Alzheimer's. Let's see. Let me look at the, get the, it's. The the society, uh, right? The right society. Yeah, Alzheimer's Society. Yes, exactly. 
org. Yeah, all alz.org. I got it. I got it. Oh, you are so kind to do that. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So Star Scorpio will be donating to Alzheimer's Society. I've actually donated them first season, oh, but right. the Canadian chapter. So Canadian, okay. I'm going to do American. Amazing. So Nicole, thank you for coming out today. My this pleasure. Is, yes. This is Have me back anytime. I'd love to do it again. Anytime. Oh, amazing. If you get that spinoff show, you're coming. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But this is season four, episode four of Real Talk with Star Scorpio and we out.